Welcome to episode 12 of the Becoming a Data Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Renee Teet. So far, I've been interviewing people that are either data scientists already or well on their way to becoming one. And this week, I wanted to switch it up a little and interview people who had joined the Data Science Learning Club and started to do the activities I post there. You're going to meet Verena Haunschmid, David Asboth, Carrie Benjamin, and Anthony Pena, appearing in the order in which they join the Learning Club. Afterward, I'm going to announce some changes to the podcast and learning club and my plans for keeping the sites Becoming a Data Scientist, Data Sci Guide, and JobsForNewDataScientist.com going in a way that allows me to continue my own data science learning as well. I'm excited for you to meet these learning club members, and I hope hearing their stories encourages you to join in on the fun. First, we'll chat with Verena Haumschmidt. Verena helped me get the Learning Club up and running by volunteering to post our resources as I posted the Python versions. She's been active in the forums, helping others, as well as posting her own results from my activities. She has a master's in bioinformatics and recently started working as a data scientist. She also describes herself as a crazy cat lady and sometimes includes her cats in her data analysis posts, which of course the internet appreciates. So let's meet Verena now. Hi, Verena. Hi, Renee. So tell us what was your um, background and starting point when you joined the Learning Club? What did you already know about data science and what type of work had you done before? Uh, I was uh, finishing my master's, master's degree in bioinformatics. Bioinformatics? Yes, bioinformatics. Um, and um, the master's degree focused on data science and machine learning. So I had oh, great. some background knowledge when I started in the Learning Club. Okay, and have you worked as a data scientist before? Um, I started last April to work part-time in a company as a data scientist, and since I finished my degree in February, I'm working full-time. Okay, great. Yeah. So I think you joined in December, like as soon as I started the Learning Club. So yeah, what caught your attention? And, yeah, why did you want to join in? Uh, I think I saw your tweet about the Learning Club and I, I thought it was a, a good idea. It was some kind of different format for learning new things. And uh, also during my studies, um, I always wanted to learn new things. Um, I sat down in the evenings and watched video lectures or read books. And I thought this was a new kind of format to learn new things and talk to other people who want to learn similar things. Okay, so in general, how has it gone and how has it compared to your other experiences with online learning? Um, I think it's, um, you create very uh, interesting lectures, they are all very different, so if I don't like, like one activity so much, I can do the next one. And uh, I think it's um, easy to, to get into the topics because uh, there are several uh, background information and that we can use to, okay. uh, uh, sometimes I just use books um, to get more background information um, and it's um, more encouraging to continue with the, with the activities than for example lectures I did because there are other people and you talk to them and in the video lectures, you're usually alone, and you don't know what the others are up to, and um, yeah, you also can compare your your results. 
Yeah, you've been really good about posting your code and your results, and I know that you've been doing it on a blog too. So, what have you gained from showing your approach? I mean, definitely other people have gained from seeing what you do, but what have you gained from blogging about it and giving the details of your approach? Yeah, it's uh, it's nice sometimes to get comments uh, from people that you could do something differently, so you learn something. And um, I think that documenting it, uh, whether it's on a blog or just um, on your computer, it helps you to understand what you did and remember what you did. And if you look at the results and something is not clear, you can just go back and, and check. Maybe you did something wrong. And that, yeah, you can only do it if you really document it very well. So what are some specific things that you've learned through the Learning Club and new tools that you've picked up? Um, yeah, I saw the podcast that you did with Will Kurt, and he recommended our Markdown, which is um, an R package that is, uh, the syntax is very similar to the normal Markdown, and uh, you can use it to automatically include code and, and plots in your, in your documentation, and it generates uh, HTML or PDFs. So this is one thing that I started using. And I also found time to start using ggplot, which is a very nice uh, plotting library in R. Um, yeah, I also tried uh, Jupyter because uh, you and some other people on the club use it. Uh, yeah, that's about okay, it. And um, you're very good at presenting your results. So is that something that you wanted to practice coming in and how to present the results of your analysis? Um, yeah, at, at university we were um, always, for the homeworks, we had to do also the documentation, what we did with the data and do plots and um, comparisons and things like that. But I think that one can always improve on this. And I also see it sometimes at work that if, if you start with the project that someone else did and the documentation is, is missing or not very good, that you have a really hard time to understand what, what's going on. So I think that... That's a very important part. Great. So about how many different um, activities do you think you've participated in, and what was your favorite? Um, I think in the beginning I participated in every activity, so in the, maybe in the first um, four. And um, I also did the linear regression one. It was, I think, number seven. I think I like this best because um, I also have to do a lot of regression in work, uh, at work, so I knew the, the theoretical parts behind it, but I really wanted to get to know the, the R package. Um, LM is, is a very well-known R method, and it's very powerful for, for linear regression. And I think that um, now I know almost everything about this, and um, I also created uh, an R markdown report to show all the results, and yeah, I think that was my favorite activity so far. So tell us about the type of data that you use there and the results that you got. Um, for this activity, I used uh, the salary data set. Uh, it has features like gender, rank, um, years in, in this current position, and uh, yeah, the salary. And um, it's, you should uh, use uh, linear regression to um, find out whether you can predict um, the salary from all the other features. And I think it was interesting because there were some categorical values like uh, rank and um, gender. And um, in linear regression, you usually use uh, numerical values. 
but if you have something like categorical values, then it grades um, per categorical value a new model. And so it was really interesting to see that I think in the end, uh, one feature was enough to, to get the best output. So I tried several combinations of features and also did some manual feature selections based on the plots that I created. And then um, it was interesting to see that one feature was better than a combination of several features. And which feature was that? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was the rank, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and it, it's neat to discover these things and just be able to mm -hmm. play around. So yeah, that's why I created the Learning Club, just so to have yeah, a chance yeah. to try these things out. Yeah. Now, I wanted to also thank you for the work that you've done to help others in the Learning Club. You've really been active in terms of participating mm -hmm. in conversation. And when people ask for help, you always jump in. So what motivates you to do that? And what have you gained from helping others? Yeah, I think it's fun to help others. And um, if you see the questions that other people have, you can understand more about, about the methods. You can um, understand what might not be so easy to understand. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But I also did um, some mentoring at university. So um, correcting uh, assignments from other people and helping them. And uh, I also like this a lot. So you can sometimes you even learn new things because um, people that have a, a different background um, have other ideas, other approaches. And you might not have thought about this, even if you uh, don't know if you have used R more than three years, you still get see a lot of new things. Yeah, I think that's great because I think some people come into the learning club and they see, you know, advanced users doing advanced things and they're a little worried that, you know, I'm a beginner, I can't do it that way yet. But but to see no, that no, the advanced no. users are learning as well just by practicing. But then also advanced users come in and say, well, these are kind of beginner activities. I've already done this stuff. Yeah. But to know that no matter where you are along the spectrum, mm -hmm. you can gain from it. That's why I started to use R Markdown with the linear regression exercise because I knew linear regression, but I just wanted to do it properly and also do everything around the linear regression, Look, checking out the coefficients and, and doing nice plots and everything. That's great. Thank you. So you mentioned that you have some other resources and books that you use to supplement your learning. So do you have any specific ones that you want to recommend to people starting out? Uh, uh, last Christmas, I got a nice present. It's practical data analysis, I think, or practical data analytics. Uh -huh. It's a really great book. Um, it's not R specific, but uh, it describes everything like PCA and, and regression and everything. I also used it to study for my exam. And um, I also have the book uh, Practical Data Science with R. I won it from your competition. Last year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's similar, it, but it's really more practical. So um, you don't find a theoretical background in the earth, but you really find, for example, how to do a correlation plot or something. And, and it also has helped me, for example, with exercise five. That was the naive base. Therefore, um, yeah, I use this book because I haven't, I haven't known a naive base before this exercise. So that was helpful for me. Great. And also, thank you for sharing all the additional resources that you find. You always add links yeah. to the ones that I add. So since I'm coming from a Python side, you always help mm -hmm. with our links. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I hope it's useful. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, anything uh, that you want to say to wrap up? Um, now that it went quick. Um, hmm. 
maybe a, a hint for uh, new users or beginners. Um, I think it's important to always be curious and try to learn new things. So even to me and to you and everyone who is, has some experience, it happens every day that you find new things that you don't know about and you just have to watch videos or, or read something about it and then, then you will understand it maybe in a few days or whatever, how, how complicated the topic is. Great. So and tell everyone listening how they can find you online and find your blog. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm also on the other, other social media, but with, with respect to data science, um, Twitter is my most used um, platform. So uh, just look for my name. It's Verena Honschmidt. Maybe mm -hmm. we should and write I'll it somewhere. <laughs> and um, my website is called blog.honschmidt.name. Okay, great. I will link to both of those. And if you yeah. send me the link to the first book that you mentioned, I'll also include that so people can okay. find your resources. Yeah, great. So thanks so much for talking to us today. Thanks. Bye. Now we'll talk to David Asboth. David has a software development background, specifically computer games development, and is currently enrolled in a data science master's program at City University London. He joined the Learning Club to get extra machine learning practice and has posted his results for several of the activities on the forums. He's the only one of the four members interviewed on this episode that uses Python and scikit-learn like I do, so check out his post if you're learning with Python instead of R. Let's meet David now. Hi, David. Hi, Renee. So um, how did you find the Data Science Learning Club and why did you want to get involved? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this and I just could not remember how I found it initially. Um, when I joined, it was, it was very much at, at its start. So I think the podcast was only a couple of days old. So I reckon I must have just Googled, how do I become a data scientist and found your blog? Um, <laughs> And, so and did you find what you were expecting to, you know, when you, when you logged on, you know, what were you, it, it, it couldn't have been much at the time. So <laughs> no, it just, I mean, it was, it was your first episode and you talked about what you want from the learning club. Okay. And it sort of came at a great time for me. Um, Cause I was kind of a few months into a master's program. Um, and I thought it'd be a great way to supplement my studies and find some other people around the world who are kind of on this journey at the same time. Um, so I was really, I was just excited about about hopefully getting a, a crowd of people there to to work with or to study alongside. Okay, great. So, what was your educational background before you started this master's program in data science? <laughs> yeah, so I think a lot of people come into data science from all sorts of scientific backgrounds. I, I'm actually the opposite. I've come in from a tech background. Uh huh. So my undergraduate de undergraduate degree was actually in computer games, uh, computer games programming. Um, which was great because it made me fall in love with programming, um, which was very useful. I ended up not going into the games industry. I became, a, I guess, a regular software developer, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I've got the technical background. I've been programming for five years plus my degree, so nearly 10 years now. Um, and actually in my first job, I was in a relatively small IT team. And uh, that usually means that you kind of have to do all sorts of things in the business. And I ended up doing business intelligence, which was something I wasn't qualified for or anything. It was just something that, that had to be done. Um, so that just kind of meant 
taking like business questions or what I call like human questions about the business, you know, like how are we doing this quarter? Who are our most profitable clients, that kind of thing, and turning them into database queries. Mm-hmm. And, and did I you just, teach yourself SQL or, you know, what, what were you learning at that point? Pretty much. The first thing I had to do at that job was, right, go away and learn SQL and come back in two days and tell us all about joins and, you know, the basics of SQL. So that's kind of what I did in my first week was just learn SQL from scratch and then just learned it as I went along. That's great. And um, I actually come from a business intelligence background, too. So it's interesting that it seems like a lot of people in data science don't have that, uh, the query skills and the database knowledge about how databases work. So um, has that in particular um, added to your data science learning? Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. A lot of people on my course are, because my course doesn't cover SQL or, or databases explicitly. We just kind of work with CSV files and just kind of do what you can. Um, so a lot of people are kind of, when the course is over, they're planning to, to go away and learn SQL in their spare time. Um, so it's definitely an advantage. I mean, I, I came into the course as well with the programming and the database background. So what but, made you want to switch from being doing business intelligence and games programming into data science? Yeah. Um, so I was making web applications. That was my main job, um, which, which I really liked. And I got to do, got to do a lot of programming. But um, the, the whole business intelligence turning real like human questions into into kind of tech and, and database queries that's the bit that really stuck with me um, and I kind of just wanted to formalize the knowledge that I had because you know a lot of what I did was ad hoc and I was just kind of I had some training in the software that we used but that was about it and then the rest was kind of learn learn as I went along and a lot of it was so kind of ad hoc that I wanted you know some formal education on the topic of, of you know how do you actually use databases properly, um, you know, how do you actually turn data into insights and, you know, all these things that, that data science does. Um, and so in my spare time, I kind of looked at MOOCs. I did like some courses on Coursera and Udacity and things um, just to make sure that this is the kind of direction I want to go in. And when, when I kind of realized that, yeah, data science is really exciting and that's, that's what I want to do, um, then, then I decided to go and do a master's. Great. So for other people that are coming from a similar background, um, what have been the difficult pieces in the master's program for you? It was definitely the maths. I mean, my, my um, games programming course was actually quite mathematical because a lot of the physics simulations and things that we have to do um, involve a lot of maths, especially linear algebra. So that kind of came in handy, but it was very rusty. So it was definitely the maths that was, that was the, uh, the kind of learning curve for me. So how have you overcome that? And what are some good resources for people that also need to overcome that challenge? Yeah, we had a we had a machine learning module in the first semester and it sort of the first day started with all sorts of probability theory that I just could not remember. Um, so that, that was quite a shock. Um, but my, my favorite resource really to get sort of up to speed was definitely Khan Academy. And I think people have mentioned it on your on your podcast already, but I can't I can't stress enough how useful it's been for me. And I don't know if it'll be useful for everybody, but the way Sal Khan talks about things, it's just, it just really resonates with me. He kind of explains it in a non-mathematical way first and then brings the maths and kind of eases you in. And um, maths is not something I like to be thrown in at the deep end. I like to be kind of gently introduced to these complex formulas. (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. And I, I'm similar and it was the same way, you know, I thought of Khan Academy as something that helps people like in high school or in, in undergrad. I didn't realize how advanced it gets. And, you know, there's really some master's level, uh, you know, computational and calculation, uh, advanced math, linear algebra, all kinds of stuff on Khan Academy. Yeah. And interestingly, I think the the, the amount or the, the number of topics you need to know for data science is not actually that much. You know, if you know some linear algebra, some probability, some statistics, maybe some calculus, if you want to really dive into it, then that's kind of all you need. And it's not, it's not a trivial amount, like it's a lot of stuff to know, but it's not a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. um, and Khan Academy seems to cover all of them. So, so yeah, I think, I think just to get the basics and, and sort of refresh them, it's, it's enough. Great. So what have you gained from the Data Science Learning Club? And tell us how you use it in conjunction with your master's program. Yeah, um, I just wanted it to kind of supplement my studies and kind of because I knew that alongside my studies, I want to do some mini projects just to kind of keep practicing. Uh, and I'm usually terrible at coming up with my own projects. So I was kind of looking around to see if somebody had suggestions on what kind of little things I could do. And Learning Club was perfect for that because it was like bite sized exercises, um, specifically in the machine learning um, sections where the, where the kind of algorithms we were doing as part of the course. Um, so the way I used it was I actually went and implemented them all from scratch in Python just to kind of uh, kind of practice Python as well as make sure that I understand all the algorithms. And for every one that I did, I realized that there were little details that I hadn't understood. So conceptually understood, I don't know, um, naive Bayes and clustering and all these things. But when you implement it, you know, there's no you can't kind of be wishy-washy with it. You have to know exactly how it's implemented. And that's where there were some details that I, I realized I didn't know. And then those came in really handy. Yeah, so when people look at your learning club exercises, they can see that, um, you know, you're already coming with some knowledge of the machine learning concepts, but you're really diving in and doing them from scratch instead of using packages. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And you're you're one of the uh, participants that's using Python. So um, for people that aren't familiar with it, do you encourage uh, brand new learners to use Python? Yeah, I, th I think Python's fantastic. It's a great entry point into programming as well. Um, when I did my undergraduate degree, my uh, programming was all in C++, which, which is quite a heavy thing to learn when you've never done any programming. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it did scare quite a few people away. I mean, there were about, I think about 70 of us started the course and about 14 finished. Whoa. So it was an enormous <laughs> dropout. Um, yeah. A lot of it was because people thought they were just going to be playing games. But um, a lot of it was also the programming. Um, so Python, I think, is definitely um, much nicer, cleaner, uh, a way to kind of get, because things like, because a lot of programming that I did was in C Sharp, which is also kind of, I really like it as a language, but there's also a lot you need to do to get started you know you don't you can't just start a blank canvas and start typing code there's all sorts of, of other details you have to configure and, and kind of this big framework of, of things that sit there before you can write any kind of hello world type code whereas python you can just type you know 20 characters and you've got something that works yeah, that's great. So um, you've had some unique Data Science Learning Club projects. Um, some use some data that was personal to you. So tell us about how you came up with that and what you learned. I'm just trying to think what I did for my activities. I did a, I did one that was about the London Underground. Mm -hmm. That was the one, on the transportation. Oh, okay. Yeah, the <laughs> transportation one. That's personal to me because I take the tube every day. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I've always wanted to kind of find out about it from a data perspective. So yeah, I just kind of looked at how, how the usage is kind of spread out during the year with all the different lines. 
Um, it was quite underwhelming, actually. I thought I'd find some really insightful things, but it was just people use a lot of public transportation all the time, except around Christmas, where they don't use that much. <laughs> Did the results reflect your actual experiences, uh, you know, using the tube? Yeah, I think I think my actual experiences are very subjective because it, it can be if if anyone listening has ever taken the tube in London, especially at rush hour, it can be quite a traumatic experience. So I think your the subjective views of it are different from the actual. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th a lot of people use it, so it's just generally very busy, and that's pretty much what the data showed. So was there anything that might make you change your behaviors in terms of times of day or what, what questions were you asking and what did you, uh, what analysis did you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess secretly I was hoping I could find some loophole and find some like times, specific times where I could take, take the tube and avoid, uh, avoid the chaos. But I think that the problem is everybody goes to work at around about the same time and everybody leaves work around about the same time. So unless you can be flexible, you're pretty much stuck with, a, <laughs> with the rush hour. Mm -hmm. And you said you've done some machine learning projects, so um, tell us about one or two of those. Uh, do you mean on my course or as part of the learning club? It, yeah, both. So for the learning club, um, the, the thing that I've, I wanted to do um, on my course, never got around to it, was to do with k-means clustering. And um, the textbook we used was, um, was a Chris Bishop's textbook, which is quite a maths heavy, quite a a chunky uh, text. The pattern recognition and machine that's learning. That's the one, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. use the same one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's pretty, uh, it's pretty common. Um, and he does, he does a thing with K-means clustering in his book where he takes pictures of his children and then looks at all the pixel values and then does clustering on them so that he redraws the pictures with only two or three colors. And I thought that's a really fun thing to do. So I did that as part of my learning club activity. Um, and that was really fun. And, and it's a really good way to, to kind of showcase what's happening and, and visualize it. Yeah, that was a really neat one. And I'll definitely link to that in the show notes so people can take a look at what you did. So um, to wrap up, what advice do you have for new learners? And, um, you know, what have you really gained from participating and interacting with others in the learning club? Yeah, I think I think my general advice for people is just to come and join the learning club. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think you need anything there's no prerequisites. I think we're all at different levels and, and I'm sure a lot of people have come in and this is the, maybe their first exposure to data science. Um, and I think uh, if, if you can't do it with real people in, in real life, then the next best thing is to do it with people online. At least if you're the kind of learner that I am, I, I learn much better when I've got other people in the same boat and I can kind of share my ups and downs with them. Yeah, me so too. I, just, yeah, I would just say, just get stuck in and say hi. So what have you gained? Um, is it, you know, for me, I, I like that it makes me more accountable. Of course, I haven't done activities in a while myself, so I need to jump back in. But, um, you know, how has your experience been with, with the Learning Club? And, um, you know, what have you personally gained that you wouldn't have otherwise? No, absolutely. It's a very good point, the, the accountability. I think I've, I've always said I want to kind of build up uh, a portfolio as I do the course. Um, and I think if it wasn't for the Learning Club, I'd have less to show because, it, like I said, it's kind of harder to, to come up with projects and, and it's much better when there's something with kind of, you know, artificial deadlines to keep you on track. And obviously, like you, I've kind of, uh, have, I'm a couple of activities behind now, but, you know, for the most part, it, it kind of keeps you, yeah, keeps you focused on, on, you know, always having the next thing that you want to learn over time. Um, yeah, so it's definitely been great for me, I think, to, to come up with little bits that I can add to my portfolio at the end. So I would encourage people to join just for that as well. 
Yeah, and about saying that we're behind, one thing I always tell myself, there's actually a blog um, about cleaning your house, and it's called Fly Lady, I think. I read it a long time ago. And one thing she always emphasized is that with something like this, you're never behind. You just jump in wherever you're at. <laughs> Stop telling yourself you're behind and you have to catch up. So I have to keep telling myself that, that even though yeah. it's my own learning club and I'm putting the activities up <laughs> and I feel like, oh my gosh, I haven't had any time lately to, to dive in there and do the projects that... Um, the way it's set up, it's asynchronous, so anyone can dive in at any time, um, try something out. Maybe you need to go off and learn some more and come back, or maybe you can. You already know more and you could start at a later activity. So I wanted to encourage people, like you said, people at all levels are in the learning club, and so to encourage people not to feel behind and to just jump in where you are. So would you agree? Is it is it set up in a way that would you know is conducive to that? Oh, completely. And I, th I think the good thing is that the activities don't all like flow from each other. So if you want to do activity seven, because it, it speaks to you more than the others, then you can just dive straight into that. So there's no requisite path that you have to take through them. So I think that makes it more accessible because, you know, if you look at all of them and go, oh, actually, I want to do web scraping, which I think is the latest activity, you could just go and, and do that straight away. So I think it, it leaves it open ended. So you can kind of, I mean, if you want, you can follow along with everybody and every, every, every few weeks actually get you know, a specific project done. But if you just want to dive in and do some some random things, you can do that as well. Definitely. And how can people find you online, David, if they want to follow up? Um, I think I've been quite busy uh, revising for exams recently. So my internet presence has been, been next to zero recently, but I'm, I'm usually quite active on Twitter. So it's just at David Asboth. Um, I also have a website, which is at the moment very poorly maintained, but there's some of the stuff on there. It's davidasboth.com. Um, that's, that's where my data science portfolios going in the next three to four weeks. So if people want to keep an eye out um, for me online, that's where to do it. Twitter is, is pretty much where I hang out. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us and for yeah, the advice and participating in the Learning Club. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for facilitating it. <laughs> great, bye. <laughs> bye. Kerry Benjamin is the newest person to data science that I'll be interviewing on this episode, but he's already bringing others along with him on his journey through his blog and involvement in the Code Newbie conversations on Twitter. If you're new to data science, I encourage you to check out Kerry's blog and follow him on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to him, and I encourage you to dive into the early activities like Kerry did. Just find some interesting data and give it a try. I'll post the links to everyone's blogs and Twitter accounts in the show notes for this episode. Let's talk to Carrie now about participating in the Learning Club activities as a beginner. All right. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Renee. So let's start with um, what was your starting point when you first joined the Data Science Learning Club, and how did you find out about it, and what attracted you to join? Well, I decided after a few, well, about a year of hearing about data science and finally running into a data scientist, my curiosity was really peaked. So January of this year, I decided that instead of waiting around, I would just dive into the field and I would just use whatever resources I could find. And when I, I actually Googled um, learning data science, I think something around learning data science and, and your blog, came, the forum came up and I saw the podcast and the community. So I'm like, this is perfect. I don't have to be completely lost now. So... <laughs> It's been great. Um, I joined because it seemed perfectly suited to my interest and where I was at the time. Okay, and how much data science had you done before joining? 
maybe a few classes, yeah, maybe one course in data camp. That's really it, and a whole bunch of reading. But other than that, I had never really done anything on my own yet. No projects, nothing on GitHub, anything like that. So I pretty okay. So you were really starting as a beginner. Yep. Okay, great. So um, tell us a little bit about the activities that you've done and um, what you've liked so far and what you've learned. Sure. Um, so I've done activities only one and two so far, currently working on three. Um, I'm using, uh, I've always been interested in video games and I remember a recommendation saying that in terms of data science, make sure that you look for a project or a topic you're interested in. So I Googled around for something related to that and someone had scraped data off a video game review website called IGN and had their reviews there listed from their beginning all the way to about 2014. So I decided to use that. I, um, visualize, I visualized it, I analyzed what was there, I did my few visualizations, and it's been fun just going around to look for whatever I need whenever I got stuck, seeing whatever popped up in the screen when I put in the code. It was exciting. And then finally deciding to put it on GitHub and realizing and it being there now and knowing that I thankfully didn't break anything. <laughs> it's a very elated feeling. And I've been glad to blog about the projects that activities I've done along the way, those have been great. And we'll talk about your blog a little bit in a minute. Um, but tell us first about um, specifically what tools did you use? And when you did your analysis, um, you know, what type of visualizations were you creating? So kind of step us through um, what you tried and what you learned. So I, my primary learning language is R. Um, that's what I've been using. That's what I've learned through Data Camp. That's what I've been all about. Actually, I have an R-related T-shirt. Oh, cool. Than, is this like bigger than a big data? Oh, cool. <laughs> I got it from volunteering at an R conference a few months ago. But I've been using R. I've been using the packages, um, ggplot2, dpiler, and Excel Connect for reading um, Excel data in through. Um, made sure that I used there's a, there are great many functions that have been helpful, like structure to get an idea of what's in my um, data frames. Um, it was interesting to see that all the data collected on game reviews over the years listed to about over 17,000 different games reviewed. It was huge to me. I mean, I know it's clearly not big data yet, but you know, for me, that's a lot. And I've, Look right around to see how I can get graphs to look a certain way. They're really simple visualizations. So I have a histogram, I have a few bar graphs, I have a scatter plot just to see correlations between um, game reviews and maybe genre. Yeah, the game reviews and the genres per system. I broke down the project because it's so huge. I broke, <laughs> I broke down the project because it's kind of huge into what's known as the three current, well, the three main console games this generation. So it's it's mainly broke down to the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Wii U. So it's more manageable and more reasonable for someone for me to analyze. And it was just cool to see what I found at that time. It's been fun. And what was the outcome of that analysis? 
So the most high, the highest rated game, the highest score belonged to the Wii U. Following up has been the Xbox One and then the PS4. Along consoles, the highest rated games were, well, the highest rated genres for Wii U was a platformer and adventure. Xbox was action and has been the an adventure, which the results were a little off. Well, not off. They were different from the hypothesis that I formed at the time. But as far as data science, you come up with whatever you're thinking of, whatever is on your mind. You go to data, see what it tells you. You're right, you're wrong. And you go from there. You draw your conclusions. So it was neat knowing that, great, I actually did a data science thing. Like, I'm real now. <laughs> yeah, so by proving you wrong, it made you feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that I'm going to enjoy this feeling for a little while and not bang my head against the wall like, like I did with, like, learning JavaScript or something. So one thing I didn't ask you before is what is your educational background? Have you had formal classes related to any of this before? <laughs> My background is a little weird, so I don't take up too much time. I'll give you what it is in a nutshell. I started off as a computer science major, but I had taken some time off because I was burnt out for a while, and I really embraced the world of tech. And then I realized what they were learning, what they were teaching in my program, and what was out there was there was a disconnect. I realized that time was kind of like a black box where they weren't teaching at the time web development, anything like Ruby on Rails and things of that nature. So I eventually switched, and I've heard about like so many people who are learning to code on their own without a formal training. So I figured that, well. I guess I can just do the same thing, and I switched to be a marketing major. So I had a little bit of exposure to tech and programming languages before, but nothing. I had never taken a statistics class before, no advanced math, nothing of the nature of data science. Though I happen to always be kind of an analytical person, so maybe it's helped a bit. Um, that's kind of been my journey. I've never really of a true data science nature up until now. So tell us, um, you know, that's great that you've learned so much on your own. So what kind of resources have you used other than the Learning Club to gain these skills on your own? So I've used DataCamp. I've been a big fan of them because it's where I started off. I made sure I blogged about what I've learned a few times. An interesting story about um, a few days after my maybe my third blog post related to um, me learning data science at RCAMP, the one of the co-founders of DataCamp actually reached out to me, said that he found my blog, he liked what I was saying about it, and if you know I had any opinions about um, DataCamp to let him know. So I'm like, wow, this is like blog number three, the co-founder found me. It's like, yeah. you can't make these things up. It's been cool. Um, but besides DataCamp, um, there's been a nice, website called Sharp Site Labs. They've provided a few things about like, you know, this is just without having too much fluff about too much math and statistics, they just give you like the basics to start. And it's been very nice and interesting explanations that are easy to understand. So I would definitely also recommend that. 
other than that, it's kind of been like me having like 6,000 different uh, data science related bookmarks that I've been going through. <laughs> so I started really data science guide because data science guide will definitely help narrow that down. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. I actually have data science guide to, um, bookmarked as well. So it's me. <laughs> I'm glad I'm one of the 6,000. <laughs> Well, great. So, um, what what other kind of comments have you gotten feedback on your blog or on your posts about your learning club activities? So, my a lot. Of, thankfully, I have very supportive friends and very friends who've been interested in me learning and going. So, I've got a lot of positive comments from them. Um, one that there've been two that um, stuck out to me that's taken me a little off guard. One was. Um, someone from London who found my blog, who really enjoyed it at the time and said he's been learning data science from scratch as well. And he's um, learned a lot from it. He definitely says, keep going. Um, I actually um, asked him how he was going recently. And he said he was stuck between like, whether he should take another class or a project. And so I actually dedicated my last blog post towards him, basically titled, um, classes or to grab a data set and he's really enjoyed it so I made sure to kind of give back in that way. Um, the nicest thing that I received um, a few months ago was a woman who found my blog and said basically thank you that she saw data science as this big scary thing, wasn't sure whether to learn calculus or statistics first or how to get machine learning and she said she saw my first blog post and she realized that she's kind of been too scared to just start. And she saw my blog that I'm obviously not an expert. I have no background, no formal training or anything yet. I just decided that I'm going to start and learn. And she decided that she should do the same. She wasn't blogging at the time, but she said that she would fix that too. And she said, thank you. And that was like the most heartfelt, warm thing that I have ever received, like ever. And it's definitely been inspiration to make sure that I keep blogging, keep sharing my journey. That's so great that you've been able to write your blog and inspire others by your learning as well. So as a beginner, um, what kind of summarize what have you gained overall from being a part of the Data Science Learning Club and what recommendations do you have for others just starting out in the Data Science Learning Club? Um, so for thankfully, well, thank you for making sure that your explanations and what you want for the activities are pretty clear. Um, the members are definitely, so besides your links, there's always been a few others to scour through. So no one is ever really completely lost. And most of the other members are accessible, thankfully. And basically I could thank most of my learning for the skills I have now through the projects because um, whatever I got stuck, it was just more of like read, research, try something out. If it's broken, see if you can fix it. If it works the way you can, great, and just to keep going. Um, for anyone who's starting off in the Data Science Learning Club or Data Science, just, just make sure that um, you read carefully and don't go it alone. I mean, even if you don't have like a learning buddy per se or anything of that nature, there's so many people in this field, and for my experience, most of everyone has been really nice and helpful. So don't be afraid to ask another forum member, or if you're on Twitter or social network, just to tweet someone, ask a question. Um, if, for example, if you're an R user, make sure maybe along with your tweet, you can fit in our hashtag R stats. 
that's been the best way that other R users have been able to find each other. So if you have a question, include that at the end of your tweet. That's been helpful for me, along with adding data science at the end of the question. So whenever you're stuck, just know that you don't have to go completely alone. That's great advice, and I totally agree. So thank you for sharing that. Well, to wrap up, how can other data science learners find you and your blog? So to find me, the easiest way so far is Twitter. I'm Kerry Benjamin, um, at Kerry underscore Benjamin one on Twitter. My blog is called The Data Logs. It's on Medium. It would be medium.com slash the um, dash data dash logs. Yeah, and I'll definitely link to that. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing your data science learning club experiences, Carrie. This is great. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm hoping that I come back in the future as an actual data scientist in the future. Awesome. And then we'll have you back on for a full episode. <laughs> All right. Bye. Next, we'll meet Data Science Learning Club member Anthony Pena. Anthony mentions on his website that he was raised in a crime-stricken agricultural community in the Salinas Valley of California, but through grit and focus on consistent improvement, he has been able to earn degrees and have a successful career in biotech. He's now learning data science with a desire to apply analytics to disease diagnosis and medical treatments. And he joined the learning club and has already participated in most of the activities, even though he just joined in April. So let's meet Anthony now. Hi, hi Anthony. Hello, hi Renee. <laughs> so first let me ask you, um, what was your background before joining the data science learning club? You know, what was your educational background and had you done data science type of projects before? Right, right. Uh, so actually most of my educational background is in the life sciences, so I had no kind of formal data science uh, coursework other than a one bioinformatics class in a, in a graduate program that I did. So my undergrad was in molecular biology, and I did a, a graduate program in biotechnology. And again, only one component of, of one course that I took was a bioinformatics course, so um, not too much in, in an academic setting as far as uh, the data science coursework, but uh, yeah. So how did you find out about the Learning Club and what made you want to join? So definitely, uh, so a lot of the, the tools that I've learned relating to data science uh, have all been kind of um, in my personal time, so outside of work, and uh, I try to find different ways of incorporating uh, data tools such as like relational databases and SQL and, and trying to tie that into work. And, but a lot of that, it's come from my personal, um, and my personal time and doing personal research. And so the way that ties into how I came across the Data Science Learning Club was uh, I started listening to podcasts a lot over the last year. And uh, I did a iTunes search of, of data science. I figured, hey, I can, in my free time, I can listen to what's out there, or any, any podcasts that are potentially out there. And, and the top one was uh, the, the data becoming a data scientist podcast. So that's how I first oh, heard great. about it. I and didn't know I was top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the first thing that came up. And, yeah. So what have you done so far in the learning club? What kind of activities have you done and, and what have you learned from that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I joined fairly late. So this was in early, early April. 
And uh, by then, I believe the club started sometime in November or December. So I did have a period of just a lot of catching up to do. But I want to say going into it, one of the one of the topics that I hadn't touched at all going into the data science learning club was uh, machine learning. And I know it's a pretty popular one, but uh, that's just one of those areas that I hadn't even touched at all. And so I was excited to see that uh, I think a, a few assignments were relating to machine learning. And so that's definitely one of the topics that I've, uh, you know, some of the, the K-means clustering, there was a K-means clustering assignment. And uh, just as an example of, of one topic that I was able to learn more about and one way to sort of illustrate, um, I guess, how much I've, I've learned over the last couple of months in, the, in that topic is that uh, I'm comfortable now to at least participate in some of the Kaggle competitions that are going on right now. And I wouldn't have even known where to start if you would have asked me another, you know, four or five months ago. So um, for me, that's, that's a personal accomplishment. <laughs> that's but, great. Uh, but yeah, machine learning was a big topic. So um, everybody that's working in the Learning Club is using different technologies. So what type of technologies and tools do you use when you participate in the activities? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good point. So I've specifically been working in R and um, it's one of the first languages that I got exposed to both R and Python, but uh, I had a project in while I was in my graduate program that was done purely in R. And so I just use that as a, you know, a jumping point and I stuck with it. And to this day, I haven't really encountered a, a data related problem that I haven't been able to solve within R. And so um, I use primarily R and uh, I can go into specific packages if you like, but for yeah, visualization sure. what are some and so of your forth, but, but R is pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, ggplot2 is definitely for visualization, a, a, a big one. And uh, tidy R is a, package that I learned about just recently that's um, really great for uh, data manipulation and cleaning. And dplyr is another one that's very similar but also uh, very popular. Um, yeah, those are just some of the, the basic ones. But So what are um, specific things that you've gained from doing this kind of in a public forum? Have you um, gained from interacting mm -hmm. with other learners or presenting your work a certain way? Yeah, uh, definitely. That that's uh, that's also a good uh, point to mention too. Uh, one of the one of the things I guess uh, that was interesting to me over the last couple of months was just getting feedback from other uh, members and the other other members. That it, it just kind of made me more accountable for some of the the work that I that I you know put in for the assignment submissions. So one example is uh, one member expressed uh, an interest of. I initially wanted to work with one particular data set and then because I was trying to catch up in some of these assignments, I kind of ended up transitioning into a different data set because I encountered some problems. And anyways, I mentioned it kind of passively in, in my assignment submission and, and one of the other members kind of called me out on it and said, you know, hey, by the way, did whatever happened with this you know, data set? Did you find out what was the error? And, and uh, I had kind of made a mental note to, to go back to it, but that just kind of made me again, like I said, a little more accountable for going back and figuring out because uh, it wouldn't not only be helpful for me, but also it would probably be helpful to someone else and someone else was expressing interest. So that's sort of that kind of collaboration really uh, takes it a, a notch, a notch further than, than just kind of completing assignments on your own and submitting them. So that's definitely been very beneficial and great to have.
Okay, great. So um, what are some other resources you've used outside of the links from the Data Science Learning Club that you recommend to other new learners to access um, when they want to learn how to do these activities? Yeah, uh, I want to say Data Camp. I hadn't heard about Data Camp until joining the, uh, the Data Science Learning Club. And that was actually a very, um, very, very useful for also tying back into the machine learning. I went through some of those exercises and, and that was very useful. And, and for me in particular, I, I like sort of having that immediate feedback. So there, you know, the way they kind of structure some of the, the topics is you listen to a short video clip and then you have us, you move on to a, an assignment that il illustrates some of the topics that they covered and you get to submit your code immediately and then you, you know, it's a pass or fail, you know, you get instant feedback. So I, I tend to, to like kind of just getting more hands on and, just how, how do I run this line of code and um, and so that that was very helpful for me so that's I would definitely hi highlight that one like towards the top um, other specific ones um, I can't think of any other right now off the top of my head okay. and what other learning resources have you used to um, practice or learn data science type of techniques before the learning club I know you had uh, mentioned some to me in an email mm -hmm. that you've used otherwise yeah, uh, Code Academy was kind of from for me my kind of starting point. Kind of similar in in terms of having a, a local environment to that of Data Camp, you know, where you have a, a local session of, of R or Python or whatever, what have you. And I'm sure a lot of people are actually very familiar with this, but that was a, a especially useful for me early on because I had no prior programming experience. So uh, uh, that was a great uh, sort of segue into some of the more advanced topics and tools that are in the data science. Mm -hmm. And um, do you have any general advice for people that want to learn data science or people that are considering joining the data science learning club? Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just, you know, you'll, you'll get out of it as much as you put in and and so definitely encouraging those who are really motivated to, to do something in the data science uh, field to, um, to just keep pushing and keep pushing your limits. And, and I, I think you'll be pleased with what you get because that's kind of what I've been doing is just, uh, there's been a lot that I haven't, that I didn't know from the very beginning and I'm sure there's a lot that I still don't know, but over the years, I, I know I have progressed uh, very far just by just continuing to, to put uh, enough you know, effort and continue pushing the boundaries of what you already know and I'll get comfortable. Great. So I'll definitely add some links to the post that goes along with this podcast. Um, but how can people find you online that are listening and, and want to follow what you're doing? Yeah, uh, I, so I, I'm on LinkedIn and I do have a GitHub a, a account. And I have a personal website that's kind of under, you know, still it's up there, but it's, I still haven't defined exactly what I want it to be. So uh, I can give you the, the link to that. And so either mostly LinkedIn is usually the, the best way to, to get a hold of me. I do have a Twitter also. So, um, okay, great. And we'll link to all of those. Um, so uh, to wrap up, what are your goals and what do you hope to get out of the learning club in the end? Uh, just, just as I've already began doing the last couple months, I just want to continue touching on the areas that I either have 
no experience yet working with like, for example, the machine going back to the machine learning, uh, just to familiar, familiarize myself with uh, some of the other very popular tools that again, I just have no experience with working with and trying to continue to um, shorten the list of tools that I'm unfamiliar with and, and expand on what I do know already. So. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today, Anthony. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you again for the, for having the podcast and everything that you do to make it possible. Great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed meeting the Learning Club members. I know I really enjoyed meeting them and learning more about some of the people posting their activity results in the Learning Club. So for those of you have, that have been Data Science Learning Club lurkers, but haven't posted any activities yet, I hope this encourages you to participate and share your results. There are now almost 400 registered members, which is just amazing, and 80 of you have introduced yourselves. If you haven't yet, post a thread in the Meet and Greet forum and say hi. If you're stuck while you're trying to complete an activity and you have questions, just post and ask. Someone will share resources to help you get unstuck. That's what the Learning Club is for. As you heard me talk about with David, like Fly Lady says, don't get overwhelmed by the feeling that there's so much to do and you're so far behind. Just jump in wherever you are, make a little progress. You'll feel better even if you don't finish everything. You're never behind in the Learning Club. You'll notice that I'm not a perfectionist about finishing things. Heck, half of the blog posts and the Learning Club activities are in some state of completion, but not all quite done. I'm a busy person, I have a full-time job, and do all this website and Twitter stuff on the side. It's now midnight when I'm recording these final announcements. I just tweeted a kind of live-tweeted the editing of this episode. So sometimes I don't get it all done but I keep it up as well as I can. I try not to stress too much about not finishing everything up and keeping things tidy. And speaking of that, I wanted to make a couple announcements. So some of you may have read on Twitter, I recently got a new job that involves data science. Yay! I'm going to tell you all about that later. And I really want to write a blog post about my experiences on the data science job market but I just haven't been able to make time to write it yet. I also want to update Data Sci Guide, the learning uh, directory. I want to try to market the Jobs for New Data Scientists site more so I can start getting some paid job postings, um, tidy up the podcast episode notes that I never seem to go back and finish, and the Learning Club activities so that they're cleaner and finished up for you guys. And on top of all that, I really want to get back to learning more data science myself. You can see by all of my various websites that I'm the kind of person that always has ideas and gets things started and takes things on, but then I get a little overcommitted. So with this new job starting, I'm going to back off for a little bit and also hire some help. So creating this podcast takes a lot of time. I want to continue to have both the video and the audio versions, but I'm not a multimedia editor. All of the activities after recording the interview take me a long time. So I have to listen to the entire interview in order to edit any sections out that shouldn't be included in the final version, jot down things that the interviewee mentioned, create a blog post and link to those things, edit the video on YouTube, which by the way has a really frustrating interface for videos, video editing, but I don't want to put in the time necessary to learn how to use the proper video editing software, that's just not where I want to spend my time focusing. And then I add all the titles to the video, wait for YouTube to process it again, and then record these extra sections of the audio podcast 
piece it all together with the music, balance the volume, etc., etc. There's really a lot more to it. So I have a big checklist for every episode because I can't even remember all the steps after doing this 11 times already. <laughs> then I have to post the learning club activity, which if you're on the forums, you know I'm usually pretty slow to do after an episode goes up. I'm sorry about that. The audio and video editing stuff is really something I should be paying someone else to do. Someone who can probably do it much more quickly and better than I can anyway. And now that I've built an audience and you all have been really encouraging me and making me want to do this long term, I'm willing to invest in getting some help. Also, that part of the process isn't very fun for me and I would have a lot more fun creating more data science content. I think that would be valuable for you all. So what I'm saying is that because of all the post-interview work on the podcast, I haven't been able to do other things I think I could do that are actually valuable. Write blog posts, complete more learning club activities, and post my approach and code. Review more data science books and courses so I can make better recommendations when you all ask me about those. Add content to datasciguide.com. I have people who have offered to help update DataSciGuide, but I don't want to take on volunteers, both because... I really want to pay people for their efforts and because there's a little bit of training necessary and I don't want to put in that effort to train and manage people who don't necessarily have a reason to continue volunteering long term. So a friend recommended that I try Patreon to raise some funding to support the podcast so that I don't have to pay for this audio and video editing and data side guide help out of pocket. So I posted about that on Twitter and many of you responded really positively. So thank you for that. I'm going to give it a go. I like the idea of being supported by listeners, like NPR is, which I listen to and support myself. And then I don't have to spend time finding and managing advertisers and putting commercials into the podcast, and I could focus on the content. So I have one more podcast interview already recorded, but after that's posted, there's going to be a bit of a pause in podcast episodes. I'll need your help with keeping the learning club going. I'm going to take some time over the next few weeks to make a plan for the Patreon funding campaign, uh, record a video for that, and tidy up the existing learning club and podcast post. So when I post a learning club activity, I'm going to crowdsource the resources more in the future. I intended that to happen from the beginning, but there aren't usually too many additions beyond the resources I post, and I think you all can help with that. So I have two favors to ask of you. One, when I post a data science learning club activity, and I'll try to post the activity topic prior to the podcast episode that it goes with, please search for resources in your favorite places that are relevant to the topic, and then add the most helpful links to the activity description thread to share with others. There's, that's something that I know a lot of you can help with, and some of you have already offered to help me out, so that's one way you could really save me some time and help your fellow learning club members too. And two, when I post the Patreon campaign, please share it. I can do a lot with a little bit of funding, and it will, I'll be really thankful for any support that you guys are willing to give, or if you guys can just help spread the word. So I'm really excited for the next episode of the podcast where I get to interview someone kind of famous. You're going to not want to miss that. So stay tuned for that episode and the Patreon campaign launch, and then the podcast and the new Learning Club activities will be back after hopefully just a short hiatus. So thanks so much for listening and for your support. And as always, you can contact me on Twitter at becomingdatasci or comment on the blog at becomingadatascientist.com. And don't forget to jump into a learning club activity on the forums with Verena, David, Carrie, and Anthony at becomingadatascientist.com slash learning club. See you there.